This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, April 10th, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. What does Russia get out of its support for Bashar al-Assad in Syria? And does the Trump administration have any strategy in place after lobbing bombs at Syria? Emma Ashford, research fellow at the Cato Institute, explains. Russia's been supporting the Assad regime for some time now. They supported them even before they intervened militarily in Syria. That was over a year ago at this point. Um, The Russians have some strategic interests in Syria. They have a military base there on the Mediterranean that they don't want to lose. They would probably lose if the Assad regime ended up out of power. More importantly, these days, however, the Russians have really staked their reputation on the survival of the Assad regime. And so for them, it's really important for their image in the world that the Assad regime not fall and that the U.S. not sort of take Assad out of contention. Is there some larger strategic reason why Assad should be uh, in charge in Syria versus someone else or uh, some sort of power vacuum? Well, so the Russians, much like us, have an interest in not seeing a power vacuum in Syria. The Russians hate ISIS as much as we do. Um, They have terrorism problems just the same as we do. We saw just last week, you know, suicide attacks on the St. Petersburg metro in Russia. And this is, uh, you know, Islamic extremist terrorism um, that's the same in Russia as it is in Europe and in the U.S. So they have an interest in not seeing complete chaos in Syria. But also at this point, the Russians have every reason to expect that they've been supporting the Assad regime all this time, any alternative government, if any of the rebel groups gets into government, they're not exactly going to be friendly towards Russia. They're not going to let Russia keep their military bases. They're not going to let Russia keep their influence in the region. So for them, if Assad goes, they lose a lot of clout in the region. And anyone who would take control in Syria, you would assume, are not well-equipped to govern right away. And there is an ongoing civil war. Any any group that does end up taking control of, of the government of Syria still has a huge problem on its hands. That's been one of the key factors that I think has actually prevented the U.S. from taking steps towards overthrowing the Assad regime. There is just no obvious alternative. None of the rebel groups are strong enough um, to take over. The few that are are people we really do not want in power, people like al-Nusra, that's an al-Qaeda-linked group, or indeed ISIS. These are the groups inside Syria that might be strong enough to take over if Assad falls and that government collapses. And so this is something to be worried about. And actually, one reason why the Obama administration didn't carry out military strikes against Syria for chemical weapons use, for their other humanitarian abuses, was that the Obama administration was worried if Assad fell, what replaced him might be worse. And the other side of that for the Obama administration, I can remember very uh, clearly President Obama saying he would go to Congress for authority to engage in this while maintaining somehow that he had the authority to do it anyway. And and it seemed like he was essentially using Congress as a convenient hurdle to actually engaging in something he didn't want to engage in. In the case of Obama, absolutely. Um, you know, he said that he had the authority. If you remember, we went into Libya without really having congressional authorization to do so. Um, but the fact that Congress didn't want to go to war, and then the fact that the British Parliament actually voted down a motion to join a U.S. intervention in Syria back in 2013, both of those were used uh, by the Obama administration to say, well, there's no public support for the conflict. And, and there really wasn't any public support for the conflict at the time. 
time. What's kind of uh, sad, though perhaps unsurprising, about uh, what we're seeing today in Congress is a lot of those same congressmen who under Obama said, oh, this is a terrible policy, we will never support it in Syria, have turned around and praised Trump for what he did last night. Given the quick turnaround that the Trump administration has had in saying that Assad can stay and then a week later dropping bombs, that that can't give anyone any confidence that there is some greater uh, idea at work here. I have no confidence that the Trump administration has a, a step two here. It looks right now as if this was a, a once and done, they will strike this air base that will serve as a warning to Assad and then we just won't do anything more. Um, the problem is this really does open up the prospect of further intervention. So Trump has effectively said to Bashar al-Assad, if you use chemical weapons, we will take military action against you. That military action wasn't particularly strong. We fired off millions of dollars worth of missiles, um, and the airbase we targeted is actually already back in use less than 24 hours after the strikes. So it wasn't a particularly punitive strike. And so Trump has said to Assad, if you use chemical weapons, this is all you get. And so if Assad calls his bluff on that and uses chemical weapons again, Trump is faced into, placed into a very difficult situation where he either has to choose further military escalation and more intervention in Syria or to do nothing and, and look weak. And with this president, I think the fear is very much that he will just go down that slippery slope to escalation. What is the United States obligated to do with respect to some foreign leader using chemical weapons. We've The United States has had friends that have used chemical weapons while they were our friends. And what are we obligated to do under any, any treaties that we may have signed? We're not obligated to do anything. As, as far as I understand it, and I should say I'm not a lawyer, but as far as I understand it, we're not obligated to respond. We have signed on to some of these treaties. A bunch of other states have also signed on to these treaties. Um, and if they were being used in an international war between two states, that would probably be a violation of these accords. But Assad is using them against his own population, and that's much more of a, a legal gray zone. And so it's not really clear whether we have any obligation at all, even under international law. If we did, it would almost definitely require some sort of cooperation with other states. By all accounts, the Trump administration didn't even try to get cooperation from other states before they started these airstrikes yesterday. So this is, legally speaking, a very questionable airstrike. Emma Ashford is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.